host, Leah Sarah-Pierre, and welcome to my podcast, Pierre Med. I'm a Canadian medical student, human rights, global health, and social justice advocate, as well as just an ordinary human being. As of March 24th, 2021, the PMED podcast is an initiative affiliated with the PMED Foundation, an organization started and inspired by the very beginnings of these conversations. PMED's mission is serving humanity, connecting people, stories, and places. It is a platform that gives a voice to the voiceless, an ear to the helpless, and seeks to empower youth, physicians, and leaders far and wide. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking to Dr. Polo, an HIV specialist and physician who traveled to serve refugees in Kurdistan. His journey together with his wife inspired him to create a documentary titled Don't Forget Them. It has gone on to win international awards and serves as a reminder to not forget refugees wherever we are. Dr. Jose Polo was born and raised in Cartagena, Colombia, and attended medical school at Universidad al Norte in Barranquilla, Colombia. He currently resides with his family in Florida and is a specialist in HIV medicine. He filmed Don't Forget Them in the spring of 2019, traveling on a medical mission to help with the medical need at the United Nations refugee camps near Duhok, Kurdistan. Tell us about the documentary. What is it about and what inspired its creation? Sure, yes. As you mentioned, my name is Dr. Jose Polo. I, I'm an HIV specialist that practice in Orlando, Florida. Believe uh, it, it, it or not, the idea was, uh, it was very spontaneous. We didn't know we were going to do this. Um, it, there was a an invitation by an organization called, called the Love for the List. And uh, I was just going to go and see patients, but my wife that is in the world of, you know, cameras, she likes, you know, editing videos and doing all that. She, she said, why we don't put a, uh, you know, a documentary together and see how it goes. So, you know, and I, it sounds kind of interesting to me. And I said, well, let's go do it. So we've never done this before. It's the first time. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was a success. Why did you choose Kurdistan, say, instead of Syria? Well, exactly. Well, you know, in Kurdistan, when you talk about Kurdistan, and some people think that actually the refugees are the Kurdish, you know, Iraqis, and they are not. I mean, people coming from other countries, especially from Syria, you know, uh, getting away from war, you know, all what's going on in Syria with ISIS and, and, and the, you know, the, the president. I don't want to get into that politics, but... Kind yeah. of policy, but you know all that, and then also the uh, persecution of uh, people that uh, follow a, uh, a religion for them is called the Jazidis the, the as well. So all these people, you know, they, you know, they're running away from war in the, and in Kurdistan and and um, in the Iraqi actually Kurdistan, and they are uh, placed on camps, you know, mostly based on their own, you know, that people religious belief, you know, uh, and I'm, t- I'm saying this because some of these camps are Muslims, so some other 
you know, mm -hmm. are Yazidis and minority Christians, yeah. but that's very much it. And it, the experience is at the beginning, uh, you, you kind of hear everything you, you listen in the media, you know, in the radio, watching the TV. But when we do get there, it's totally different story. Yeah. You know, I love, I love sharing everything with them, you know, working for them, sharing uh, uh, their, you know, their, uh, their food, their beliefs, everything. It's, it was fantastic. It's, it's just fantastic people in the middle of a conflict. And so as a physician from a completely different culture, how did this experience change your life? Well, uh, you know, I must confess when I went to, into Kurdistan, you know, again, I was fearful a little, a little bit. I was a little bit scared because I didn't know what I was going to expect. I got there. I, I saw all these kind people, these nice people, you know, and, but you see that you see with your own eyes, everything on a different perspective, because this is people, this is just normal people, you know, with tons of issues because of war, you know, these people have lost their uh, loved ones, you know. Uh, in fact, I have a, a story. I was, I was also like, you know, one time we were, uh, another doctor and I were, you know, seeing many patients and I, I, you know, got my attention that I was seeing a lot of, a lot of women and, and children. Mm -hmm. And then I said, where's the man? Where are the men? And turns out that the translator told me and said, hey, you know, the most of these, these, these women, they're widows. That was like shocking to me because I wasn't processing that. I was just seeing patients. I wasn't looking in deeper, you know, into their issues. Yeah. And they were widows. And that was, that was, wow, that changed everything. That was like a click to me. I was like, wow, this is a real issue. This is a real thing. I, I, I have always been compassion, compassion with, you know, feeling empathy with my patients, but that make me more compassion, even more compassion with them. Um, and it was, it was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful, you know, uh, getting, not uh, giving medical attention to them and speaking to them and listening to them. It was, it was just wonderful. And so how long were you in Kurdistan for? Well, listen, I was only about 10 days, but it, it, I'm planning to come back and stay longer. Yeah. And then, you know, and I made a lot of friends there, by the way. So uh, I'm planning to meet them again and go to the camps and see more patients and, you know, uh, and do all those things very soon. I was going to go actually in now in June, but there are some things going on over there yeah. with Iran, Iraq, you know, a lot of bombing and, and no yeah. power many things that, so i couldn't go now but I, i'm planning to go very soon and so i can definitely see that the emotions that you had when you take into consideration kurdistan and now having been there and seeing the people are completely different like you have a whole new perspective which has kind of shaped you in a different way was language a barrier or did you learn uh, surani or kurmanji or arabic <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I learned today was uh, super which is, is thank you. I, I said it a lot because you know they they give you what they don't have, and yeah. anything you have, everything you have to say is thank you. Because, I mean, I said it many times because they they were so kind to me, uh, and they have very smart 
people over there, you know. And I, I had two translators. They did a great job, you know. So the, the language per se wasn't a barrier to me. Okay. So, you know, these translators are actually people, you know, uh, okay. living, for example, in Duhok. Uh, there's a university called uh, University of Duhok, and they have a language there. So they let, their English is actually very good. So I have no issues, no issues with it at all. I also believe that when it comes to caring for a population of people and when it comes to treating them, sometimes you do not need language because the eyes speak more than, than say words will ever be able to. And I also believe that sometimes when you have a patient inside your room or when you see a pe person, you can already tell from their expressions what they're going through and in just like putting a hand on their shoulder or just showing some kind of compassion can really like make a difference. So I definitely think that when I was looking at the documentary, I could see your your posture and your gestures and how that was so beautifully conveyed. Um, but I wanted to ask you, what are some health disparities that you saw within the refugees in Kurdistan? They are not any different to any patients around the world. You know, we think that we're gonna see very rare, you know, diseases and conditions, and then there's no, no the, the world see that we we see diabetes, you know, hypertension, we see uh, thyroid disease a lot. And then, and then you see conditions related to the, the, the environment, for example, rashes, colds, you know, a lot of people would call um, in, in a conjunctivitis, things like that, you know, that things are, uh, if you don't have a proper hygiene, you know, in a, it's that environment that's gonna be passed from one people to another, you see? Like for example, uh, they shower with water that are poorly treated, and you know that might be you know give them a rash, some kind of dermatitis, things like that. And then they drink that water, and they might have, you know, they might end in a gastroenteritis, you know. Uh, and just everything is related to the environment and the way they live, you know. Everything else is the same that, that we see, and it's very easy to treat. They have a lot of issues with obesity and diabetes because the thing is the government tried to give them something and the most of the thing they give them is unhealthy food, especially sweets, you know, all these sodas and sugar, everything you actually eat there is a lot of calorie sugar. I put some pounds there. <laughs> I get some pounds over there, but it, you know, I, I did it happily. The food was amazing. The food over there was amazing. Uh, and they give it to you with all the love you know, and care. This is just, it was just a beautiful experience. That's incredible. And so were you given access to adequate resources or were you short sometimes on medications or insulin for patients or were there enough that you had access to? No, no, in fact, in fact, the organization, the Love for the List uh, was in charge of giving away free medication. We tried to do our best or the best we could with that. Uh, obviously, you know, insulin needs a special transportation and storage. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that was an issue for uh, people that need insulin, but people, for example, with diabetes type 2, we have, you know, metformin and some other t medication that we could give them, you know, firsthand. Mm -hmm. But again, and as you mentioned, it, it's, it was kind of limited. I mean, we have just, you know, a stock of metformin, but 
that reach for only few, you know, few people. Yeah. Um, and other than that, if we weren't there, uh, they have some kind of a healthcare access, but it's super limited. It's very slow. Is uh, you know sometimes they have to wait for months, you know, and they just give up. And some people is they are uh, still uh, they have they, they keep hope still that the doctor's gonna see them, and then and then they say that the doctor see them and it's just like ten minutes, and that's it, you know, bye. So you know, and then they have they have to wait more time. Yeah. So it's very slow. It's very slow. Uh, they need a lot of. Uh, I, I believe that even though there are a lot of uh, good uh, Kurdish doctors and nurses, they need more training uh, to keep up with technology, with you know uh, the advances mm -hmm. in science, all those yeah. things. Hundred percent. I do. I do agree with you, and that's a a huge topic: NCD prevention. How we can help refugees prevent the existing diseases they have and. When you come into a, a situation like a refugee camp and you don't have adequate resources, then the conditions that they have eventually over time become excruciatingly worse if we do not like provide them with primary prevention. And, Absolutely. and so, Dr. Polo, this question I kind of got from the documentary, which is, um, what role does stigma, taboo, and shame have on being a refugee? And why has the world forgotten about them? Well, you know, if... I would say that uh, the media has something to do with it because yes, we when they show those images in TV, you know, the war, the people running away, it is the taste we get is about the war, not about the problem. You know, this the main show, oh, the, oh yes, this war is going on. A lot of people, a lot of uh, trauma there, psychological issues. They don't even actually, well, they don't even actually mention psychological issues. And that's, I'm saying that, but, but they don't mention that. They don't mention the sequela of the war on these people. You know, that is the problem. You know, they focus their, their, the issue and what, what, is what is convenient for them. Yeah. Which is to show the war, not the issue, not the problem. You know what I mean? That needs to be shown to us, so to create awareness that that's going on over there. You know what I mean? So that's that's the problem. That's the main problem. If they show, yeah. hey, this is these people because of war is having mm -hmm. these issues, a lot of suicidal issues over there, a lot of uh, uh, psychological trauma there, uh, all these condition medical conditions because there's no healthcare on time for them. You know. That is another story. That will be another story. They, they show that because I believe there are enough good people in this world that can help. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not the only one, you know, the only one. It might be a lot of people that wants to go there and help them. See, and that's why we're saying, do not forget them. Yeah. Don't forget them. You know, they're there. They're, uh, they are uh, the result of a war that's actually very, uh, you know, it's not fair. It's unfair, it's a super unfair uh, uh, war. No, no war, no war yeah. is good. 
Hundred percent. I definitely agree with you. The media has a, a really a role to play in, in the kind of the narrative that has been shaped by refugees and the circumstances that they find themselves in. But my question to you is how do we push for health equity for refugees in our communities across the world? How do we ensure that refugees have a voice, that we can ensure that they are listened to by say the medical community, the greater international community? We we have today a lot of resources, you know, media. Uh, you know, all the social media, you know, we have Twitter. If you go actually to Twitter, you're gonna see all these, these guys, all these Kurdish people and, and non-Kurdish people as well, you know, trying to tell them, hey, we, we're here, you know, we're, we're, we're a country as well. We, you know, or people is having all these needs. Please listen to us, you know, mm -hmm. not only that Instagram has it, Facebook has it. So it is, it is the idea is trying to show you know, the people that don't know this, what is going on over there. And it's actually, this is actually the reason for this, this movie. We wanna show the, the world what, was, what is going on over there. So you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. it's, you know, if we, we get united, we get together and try to push this vision of what's going on over there, the story's gonna be different. The story's mm -hmm. gonna be different, but we gotta do it kindly because we don't wanna, main mad, let's just call it that way, you know, people that everything that they care about is politics. Yeah. You know, we're not for that. We're not for politics. We, we just want peace in the world. You know what? We want these people to be fine and to, you know, and to have a, a happy life and a normal life. Yeah. It's a, it should be that healthcare is a human right, but unfortunately with politics and the way things things go in our world, it's, it's really difficult for some to access healthcare as a human right. But yeah. to Polo, in hearing these stories of conflict, war, uh, of pain, of the people of Kurdistan's hopes and dreams of peace, how did this make you feel as a physician going in there and hearing this and being compelled to do something? How did this make you feel? Well, you know, it is, it is, it is sad thinking about what is happening to them. Having encountered, we have, if, for example, if you go to America, you have, you know, firsthand healthcare. And you have a, even even if you decide to go to Disney, you go to Disney. You know you have this freedom. You know they don't. They don't have. They have nothing. In fact, despite the the fact that they have nothing, the kids, for example, they those kids are happy with nothing. Just playing with flowers, with rocks, you know, uh, with puddles of water on the ground. You know these these are happy people that needs leader. You know to leave. But they are happy like that, so they're not asking for too much. They're asking for uh, a, for dignity, for for a good life, for you know, uh, for help in that way. I believe if again if we get together, we have you know more nurses, doctors, and even even engineers. It's, who knows? I mean, if you are an engineer and you know how to make a building and you're a volunteer, you can help with that. In fact, we were trying to. Uh, uh, have this uh, project of making a, a little hospital over there, and we weren't we were we weren't able to find an engineer. You know that's that. I mean I, that say hey, listen, I will make the plans for you so you can build the hospital. That's that. You know so things like that. And so this question I have for you is how can youth or medical students that are studying now, what can they do for say refugee populations? Yes, we can raise awareness. We can. Uh, 
ensure that refugee voices are uplifted, but is there anything else that, in your opinion, Dr. Polo, you think that medical students and youth can do? Medical students that are interested in this kind of things and, you know, and then kind of medical mission, my advice is get ready for it. Get ready for it. I mean, I wouldn't say, hey, you guys go to the fields, go to Kurdistan. Not yet. Just get prepared for it. You know, get uh, a, a sense of what, what travel medicine is, for example. A, a, a medicine in the field is like, for example, treating a, um, treating diabetes or treating hypertension with the less medication you can, you know, with the cheapest medication you can. We, we call that utilization in a hospital, but you can do it. You can do it. Okay, so don't get just too much familiar with a super fancy medication that you, they cannot even buy. You see, you know, learn about a, a, a learn about nutrition, proper nutrition, so you can tell them. So you, when you go there, when you're ready, you all know all these things. You're ready, so you can teach them. Not only prescribe, you can get in touch touch the patient. You see, today we just touch the computer. We don't even. I've seen it with my eyes. Some students they don't touch the patient. They don't know whether they don't they don't know how a plaque on their their tonsils look like. For example, they don't know what a, a murmur is in life. Life I'm saying you can hear it from a computer, but you know use your stethoscope, put them you know on the patient and see what it is. Learn it. See, learn you know how or why an abdominal pain is you know, is, is, is why a patient is having abdominal pain. There are many kinds of abdominal pains, see? One give you one, one, one sign and symptom, another one give you another sign and symptom, but learn it. Learn your medicine well, okay? What you know, just try to compact it, learn it well so you can practice very well later on. I think that's a perfect advice. There's a huge difference when it comes to theory and practice. And if you can master the theory, then when it comes to practice, then you can know what you're actually seeing and reading. And that I think is, is definitely a beautiful message that you've given uh, all students that will be listening to the story in our conversation, Dr. Polo. But my, my going towards the last few questions I have for you is, how is your documentary, Don't Forget Them, essentially serving humanity? which is the mission statement of the podcast, the PMA podcast. Well, you know, we, we I actually mentioned that before. This documentary is, is made with the purpose to create awareness to the world. That per se is, has to do a lot of what humanity means, you know, and humanity sometimes means to uh, open other people's eyes toward problems that they don't see, towards things that they don't see, so we can get together and help, okay? That was humanist. That's what our species is special. We're thinking beings. So we can, you know, do the best for others, you know, be kind, we can serve, you know, we can uh, take happiness to others with little things like, for example, caring for them, okay? And so, Dr. Paul, how are you staying connected to Kurdistan? Are you, besides not being physically there, are you usually getting on, say, calls with maybe locals that you now consider friends? Or um, 
do you plan on going back there within maybe say the next few months? So how are yes. you staying connected to uh, Absolutely. As you mentioned, I have friends. In fact, in Facebook, I have tons of uh, you know Kurdish friends, and they they tell me what's going on over there. Uh, also, we use uh, social media. For example, we use Twitter, which is at Don't Forget Them. Uh, Instagram is the same. It's not Don't Forget Them. Facebook the same. I mean, you put Don't Forget Them, and we're gonna be there in mm -hmm. all these three social medias: uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook as well. And uh, and we, we don't only talk about, you know, medicine or uh, problems. We talk about life. We talk about how to make things better, you know, um, things like are going on with their families. And then uh, when, and we share success. We share uh, sad stories, happy stories, all those things. So that's the way I, you know, I keep in touch with them. That's amazing. And so, Dr. Paul, why don't you just remind the audience and me, what are some awards that the documentary has received and achieved over well, the years? Well, listen, is we, we have been nominated like 40, 40 something times. I, I just lost a Count. track of many of that they are, yeah. but we have won many. Uh, as I mentioned, more than 40, uh, and let me see. I have something here. Let me see if I can I can find it. But we got you know gotten like best documentary. Mm -hmm. um, even even our song we made a song and the song the song was uh, you know nominated a best song. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, many of them, many of them. Let me see if I can find. I mean, if you ask me some other question, maybe I can find. Yes, of, of course. And so, but, but uh, it has been you know. Uh, all of these uh, 40 nominations have been around the world. You know, a lot of them, a lot of them. Yeah. Hmm. That's really incredible, Dr. Paul, how you yeah. just went into Kurdistan with your wife and you took something so important, this trip. I, I think really I can see how it's changed your life. It's made you a better person. It's opened your views and it's kind of shown you how the media plays a role in kind of shaping the narrative and how we as future health professionals as students and as human beings need to look beyond that, which is uh, very true. So, so I have on here, uh, most most inspiring, uh, me best message, best screenplay, best documentary, for example, in California, New York, Houston, even in, in uh, Florence, Greece, Cannes uh, as well, but not, not the Cannes, the, the, the major one, there's another can that they yeah. have, in France, but we want that one too. So, uh, in um, lots of them, I, I cannot recall, but we we won a lot of uh, awards, and we are happy and honored for it. That's incredible. And so, are there any exciting plans coming? Do you plan on maybe going back to Kurdistan to shoot maybe uh, Don't Forget Them 2.0, or is there going to be another <laughs> documentary? Um, and then, where can we? follow you, where can we follow, don't forget them, and how can we stay in touch? Sure. Uh, yes, there, are, there is, a, there's a, oh, there was a plan actually for now June, but we are gonna push him back a little bit, maybe March next year, we'll go to Kurdistan again. But listen, it's, it's not only about Kurdistan, we have refugees all over the world, okay? Yeah. For example, I'm, I'm a, I was originally born in Colombia, I'm from Cartagena, Colombia, that's South America, and we have now, with refugees into Colombia from Venezuela as well. So, you know, we're planning to 
making a documentary, you know, based on that issue over there. And, and the, the perspective is going to be a little different, you know, because yeah. there's no, no war, but there's a consequence of what's going on. In a, okay? yeah. So that, that is uh, one part of the question. The other question is, as Hans mentioned before, Twitter, you know, I don't forget them. And Instagram, the same. Don't forget them. And Facebook, just don't forget them. And you're going to find them up. That's amazing. That's, okay. that's really great, Dr. Powell. And then the last question I have for you, which is uh, just a curious question. Being an HIV specialist, were you okay. able to see anything within your field in Kurdistan? No, 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 no. I, I wasn't able to see that. Uh, there is a little, a little bit of stigma, you know, it, it mostly with gay, yeah. gay men. Uh, yeah. I wasn't able to see it, but I, I'm sure if I get deep, a little deeper, you know, I, I might be able to see it because mm. this is a worldwide problem. Yeah, 100%. But yeah. I just want to thank you so much, Dr. Polo, for coming on That's to right. the PMED podcast, for speaking to me, for telling me about your documentary, your experience, and how essentially medical students can better serve refugee populations across the world. Um, your your views, your experience, everything that you said is very enriching, and I, I cannot thank you enough for coming on to the podcast and speaking with me today. So thank you so much. We have been an honor. Thank you so much. If if and if you need need me any, you know, again one more thing, you know, in the future, let me know. <laughs> of course. Thank you so much, right. Dr. Paul. No problem. Thank you for listening to the PMED podcast. It means the world to have a supportive audience from 50 plus countries and counting. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to stay updated. Feel free to share it with friends and family members. And most importantly, please check out Don't Forget Them, a documentary that really provides some insight into caring for refugee populations and how we as students, as professionals, and as human beings can do better. For further information, follow us on social media or email us at peermedfoundation at gmail.com. We here at Pyramid are excited to bring you new content, stories, and conversations week in and week out. We cannot wait to see our new and familiar faces here back each episode. Thank you for tuning in. Stay safe. Stay healthy.